0: Hello and welcome to another episode of Butterfly Kisses, A Journey of Spiritual Transformation. I am your host, Amy Gray Cunningham, and today I have a very special guest. I am super excited to talk with him. His name is Stephen harley Martin, and he is an editor and publisher of the Oakley Press, and he's got several dozen books that he has published on near-death experiences, psychic uh, adventures research on paranormal, quantum physics, and all sorts of different things. So we're going to have a very interesting conversation today. So would you please help me welcome Mr. Stephen to our podcast? Stephen, can you tell us a little bit more about your background and what all that you have got going on here?
1: Well, yes, I'd love to. Thanks for having me on, uh, Amy. uh, I'm looking forward to our chat. Yeah, I'm uh, a guy who's very interested in... uh, what the true nature of reality is i've been i've been trying to figure that out for a long long time ever since i had an out-of-body experience when i was about 25 years old but i spent most of my life as uh, adult life as an advertising executive and copywriter and planner and strategic marketing kind of stuff but uh, in my spare time i was trying to figure out uh, you know what uh what it's all about what life's all about because i was raised as a uh i guess you would say a scientific materialist my family was that way they're very scientifically minded and and certainly that i learned in school that the only thing that exists is uh material substance matter and uh when i was about 25 i had a very strange experience where i I uh, popped out of my body and looked at myself down in the bed, and I had an epiphany when that happened that uh, I realized that I was not my body, which I would thought all those years. I was actually uh, my consciousness. So that's what started me on this journey. And I've, as you said, written dozens of books now that uh, kind of relate to that. And I've interviewed hundreds of people, and I've... I've uh, joined the Rosicrucian Society and studied metaphysics and became an adept. And so here I am, you know, let's talk about all those kind of things.
0: Well, you have one book out that's called Life After Death, Achieve Joy Now and Bliss in the Afterlife.
1: Yeah.
0: Talk a little bit about that book.
1: Well, that is the second in a series of books about the afterlife. The first one really lays out the evidence that has been called gathered by outfits like the University of Virginia and Duke University and University of California at Berkeley. A lot of research has been done. But that particular book talks, I talk about a, I guess what you would call a mystical experience that I had when I was meditating. I was in my backyard. I was about 35 years old, I guess. and, And it was a beautiful sunny day, just the perfect temperature. And I was laid back on this Shay's Lounge, and I was meditating, and suddenly I seemed to merge with the, what I call, infinite mind. You know, I could, all I had to do was think about some subject, and I knew everything there was to know about it, and it was just a fantastic experience that uh, that I'll never forget, and it probably only lasted a couple of minutes, but uh, and i when i came back i didn't want to come back i wanted to stay there and just experience what i was experiencing but uh, because i did i had it was like i was in touch with all knowledge and i brought some of it back with me and and it was one of the things that continued to spur me on on this journey that i've been on so i talk about that in that this book and the fact that we are i believe all one, where I believe there's really only one life, and that we're just each of us an aspect of that. we've We've emerged from and evolved from that one life. I mean, we have our memories and our subconscious mind and our unconscious mind and and our egos that have been built up since since childhood. but uh, all of that is kind of a mask that really keeps makes us think that we're separate individuals. But the, the truth is that we're all one at the core. It's all, there really is only one consciousness, and we're each one of us a window on that. And I think the idea of that book is to get that across and to realize that, uh, that we are all one and, and that our beliefs create our reality and uh, that we need to treat others because that, that the same as we would treat ourselves, you know, the old golden rule. And, if we do those things, we'll have a great life and we'll also have a great afterlife. So that, That's kind of in a nutshell what that particular book is about.
0: You bring up a point about our beliefs create our own reality. What is the true nature of reality? What is reality in your opinion?
1: I think reality is the infinite mind that, the, that consciousness is the ground of being and of all it is. I've talked with uh, an interviewed quantum physicists who agree with that. They call it the uh, unified field, that everything comes from the unified field, but the unified field really is this consciousness. And consciousness is what creates reality. It creates matter. In fact, in one of my books, I uh, talk about a, uh, about a, a woman who, she was called the gold leaf lady by the gentleman who wrote the book about her he, he was prof he's a professor at the university of maryland investigated her and she actually has matter it, it it's it's brass it's 80 percent copper and 20 percent zinc uh, appear on her skin and he believes it's because her subconscious mind is creating that uh it, it's a kind of long story but uh he calls her the gold leaf lady and she's really doing it to kind of get back at her husband <laughs> but it's her mind that's creating it her mind creates matter so I think if a, a lady in Florida could create uh, brass with her mind that certainly the infinite mind can create the universe and uh, that's what it's done but it's really uh, we are extensions of that we are windows on that at the core we are that that's what reality really is and that's kind of what the hindus and the buddhists think so it's not a it's not a crazy idea you know there are probably more people in the world who believe that than believe that god is some sort of separate being who created all this and and but still is separate from it it's not he's he's the ground of being if you want to use that word i call it the infinite mind so there you go do
0: you believe that so, so you don't believe that we die at all
1: no there is only life we we change form we come into this reality through our mother's womb mm-hmm. uh we the only way we can really operate and in, in this reality is to have a body i mean there probably are disembodied people around us right now that uh, we can't see uh, some people can see them but I can't. Maybe, I don't know whether you can or not, but I've talked to people who can. <laughs> but anyway, uh, it's I compare it to a diving suit. It's like if you want to go down below the water and work on a ship, uh, you got to, or whatever it is, find buried treasure down there, or whatever. You've got to have a diving suit, or, or at least the apparatus that allows you to operate in that reality, in that realm underwater. And the same thing when we come into this physical reality, we have to have a body and that, and that body comes through, as I said, the mother's womb. And, but when it's, you know, when you've passed your, uh, your time to be here, you know, when you're 105 years old and you pass away, you leave that body behind and you go on to another realm. You go back to your real home, which is in the non-physical. And then you come back again, like, you know, you know, one of the things the Rosicrucians teach is that uh, the average life is 140 years. And if you spend 40 years, if you spend 70 years on Earth in a human body, you'll spend 70 years in the afterlife in a non-physical realm, and then you'll come back again. Now, that's only an average One of the things that the University of Virginia has done is study children's memories of past lives. And they tend to be, the children who remember their past lives tend to have come back very quickly. The average is only 15 months from the previous death. So it it is just an average, but reincarnation is a real thing. We've all lived many, many times, and uh, we will probably live many more times before we move on to another reality where we don't have to, keep in incarnating. So why do you, you think, think
0: we incarnate?
1: We incarnate to, uh, to experience, to experience this realm, to learn, to evolve. The whole purpose of life on earth, I believe, is to evolve, it's evolution. That's everything is evolving. Uh, and we human beings are evolving and we come here to uh, experience and to learn through the experiences we have. And it's a difficult place. Earth is a difficult place to be. Uh, it's, uh, we have many hardships that we, most of us do at least, that we have to endure, but it's all part of the learning process. We, uh, I think anybody who's been through a, a bad time or illness or a financial difficulty or whatever it is, when they come out on the other side, they they realize they went through a terrible time and a bad time, but they also usually feel like they're better people because of it, and they learned because of it. And that's uh, that's what we do here. We we're on a hero's journey where we're uh, fighting dragons, and you know we go into the belly of the whale, and then we come back out, and we're better people because of it. What do you and think? I got, about-
0: well, I had I had a, a, a listener ask me a question one time about reincarnation. And they wanted to know why children or why any soul would incarnate into a family of
1: abuse. Excellent question. That's what I said. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, uh, gosh, I think that sometimes we make mistakes, you know, make the wrong choice. (laughs) But I do think that uh, it may be because, gosh, they... They felt like they needed to do that for some reason, and maybe they're punishing themselves. I don't know. Uh, it's a good question, but uh, and it does happen. And I do think that one. Of, do you know Edgar Casey? I've studied yes. his his oh, yes. work, and I've talked with uh, people who are experts on that. And one of the things that Casey said, Casey explained reincarnation. His idea, uh, what he came out with, is very similar to what I'm talking about. We come here to learn. We come here to experience. We come here to evolve. But he said that we can, you know, when you're picking where you're going to be born and who, who your parents are going to be, you have to choose from what's available. <laughs> and uh, it is possible to make a mistake. And sometimes that's why children don't, uh, they realize <laughs> they made a mistake and they they may die you know the crib death kind of things that can happen for example or they may have done that for another reason but uh yeah so who knows i I don't have all the answers but i do believe that we come here to experience and to learn and to evolve
0: yes i believe that we are the creators of our own experience and so we get to create what it is we want to experience and By doing that, we also incur the karmic debt as well and the consequence of that choice.
1: Yeah, we can, as I said, we can make mistakes. We do make mistakes. And that's one of the things in my books I'm trying to call attention to that, you know, uh, your ego, for example, can get you in lots of trouble because its whole reason for being is just, is survival. It, it's trying mm-hmm. to, it does whatever it takes to survive and it can uh, get you in trouble, but it's not you. Your evil, your, your ego is not you, it's, it's a construction that's been built up since you were born. When you were born, you were, you were pretty much a, I mean, you, you brought into this life, your, what I call subconscious mind, it's what others religious men would call the soul which is uh, houses all the experiences you've ever had uh, in your many incarnations. And so you definitely have a, you know, a background there, but from the time you're born and you look up and, uh, from that crib, you develop a personality and an ego based on your environment and your and where you are the culture you're in and the uh, parents you have and the siblings you might have and the schools you go to and the teachers and that is you, you don't have to go with that when you realize that it is construction you can you can shed all that abuse you had and forgive and forget and start new and, and so we we human beings have that capability of, but we've got to realize what we have. And one of the things you said, I think is absolutely true. And that is we we create our own reality and we create it through our beliefs. If we think that, if we believe that we're a victim for whatever reason, then we're gonna be a victim because we're gonna bring those things on ourselves through our beliefs. And if we believe we're a winner, we're gonna be a winner because uh, that's you know what we believe. And so your beliefs, like attracts like, that is a, the base the basic law of metaphysics like attracts like so what you've got in your mind about who you are and what you are and so on you're going to attract that to you and so our beliefs do create a reality and that's another thing I try to communicate in my book so that people if they're not, if they're not living the life they, that they like then the way to change that is to change their beliefs. beliefs about themselves and they can do it because as I said that ego that houses all that stuff you, you have we have a conscious mind which is what we're experiencing right now talking but we have an unconscious mind which is not the same thing as the subconscious mind the unconscious mind stores all the memories beliefs opinions and so on and so forth that we have built up in this lifetime and we can dig into that and we can change those opinions and change those beliefs but we've got to get to them and figure out what they are and the way you do that is one way that I recommend is when something triggers you it's triggered you for because of a belief that you may not may not even realize is housed in that unconscious mind so what you got to do is dig down in there and find out what it is and take it out and examine it and if it's because somebody abused you you have to forgive them and uh, and move on. So, there you go. What do you think
0: very interesting way, because one of the things I believe is that we're, we're definitely here to learn to forgive.
1: Um, Forgiving is very important. Now you, in, you know, <laughs> you don't hurt somebody by <laughs> being bitter or angry toward them. You only hurt yourself. Mm-hmm. They don't, they may not even realize that you are, or care if you are. So you're not hurting them; you're hurting yourself. Uh, what was what's the saying? Something about being bitter or holding a grudge is like taking po- poison yeah. and expecting the other person to die. <laughs>
0: yeah, <laughs> it's interesting when you think about forgiveness and people who have hurt you, because a lot of times I feel that the people who have caused you the most pain or triggered the most turmoil in your life are usually the ones who are your biggest teachers
1: yeah you definitely learn from them I guess. <laughs> and you know the other thing is that when some when somebody uh, does something you don't like or you, there's something you just don't like about them it's usually something that you are also guilty of if you want to say guilty of it's because you see yourself in them. They you see your shadow that you haven't recognized and brought to the surface in them and it makes you angry but it's really you. you when that happens to you, when you meet somebody or, or interact with somebody and they really tick you off, you got to look at yourself and find out if that isn't something that you've got buried in you that you need to take out and examine and, and
0: maybe change. So. You know, that's a very interesting point that you bring up. There's um, a particular quarterback on a particular football team who um, I, I've never met. I don't know this person from Adam. I obviously would know him because he's a very famous person, but I can't stand him. <laughs> I really cannot stand him when he gets on television. I have to turn it off. I cannot stand to watch him play. And it's, and it's, it's, it drives, but everybody loves him, loves and loves him. And he just rubs me the wrong way. And I've told my friends before, I was like, I must have been married to him in a past life or something because he just irks me.
1: <laughs> well, maybe you were, but also maybe there's something in you, some quality that he has that, uh, and again, it's, you know, we all have a shadow side that, we, that, <laughs> most of us hide <laughs> that or from ourselves you know yeah. we're, we're, in, we're in denial about it. i would i'd take a look at that you know what is it specifically that really you know turns you off about him maybe that's something in you that you yeah
0: know. it's very much it's probably very much i know it's very much within me because i've never met him never yeah. met him but it's, uh, there's something about him when he gets on TV or he just opens his mouth and it's like taking the, your fingernails down a chalkboard. It just, oh gosh. and, but uh, everybody loves him. They think he's like, you know, one of the You're person. not going to
1: tell us who you're you talking oh, about. Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> okay.
0: I'd probably lose a lot of listeners after I say that one.
1: Because <laughs> <laughs> they all love him. But oh, yeah. Favorite- yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Maybe that's why they like you because you're very similar to him.
0: <laughs> well, that's very true. That could very well. Who knows? I don't know. But it, it's 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 funny when you think you know, because you have to go within. Everything is within. And I I always tell people that our outer reality is an inner reflection of our inner reality, as well. So
1: yeah, it is. It is. It is. You you know, look around you. Decisions you've made and beliefs you have is what has created all this that's around you. Exactly.
0: Exactly. So what is this law of one?
1: The law of one. Well, the law of one is what we've been, been talking about. What I've been talking about is being there's really only one life. We're all one. All of us are one life. We're just different aspects of that life. We're different. We've evolved from it. But at the core, we are all one at that ground of being reality place. And the law of one really came through and I don't know if you've ever heard of the uh, Ra series, R-A, Ra series of books that channeled back in the early 1980s. Ra was a spiritual being, but really more of a civilization that came through uh, a channel uh, back in the early 80s and made certain predictions and so forth that have come to pass, but also um, spoke about the true nature of reality and, and the fact that all is one and uh, that we were, are moving what the basic message of those, there, I think there are five books, uh, the raw material. Ra was also a god back in the Egypt, Egyptian time, and apparently he said that he incarnated back then. There, you can, if you do a Google image search, put Ra, that Egyptian god, and you'll see pictures of him. Has kind of a a um, bird's head, but he's tall and slim, human body. But uh, the basic message of the Channeled information from uh, the 1980s was not only that we're all one; we're evolving. The the one life is evolving. Just as, and we help that involvement by uh, evolving ourselves. But also that we human beings from on Earth are moving from uh, what Raw called a three. Uh, third level density to a fourth level, level density. And according to Ra, there are something like seven densities. The first density is just matter, you know, with no life on it. The second density is uh, matter like earth, but with animals and plants, but not animals and plants that are self-aware. Third density is where we are now but we're moving into fourth density. Third density is uh, self-aware life where we can figuratively speak, step outside ourselves and think about ourselves and our own actions and why are we here? You know, the kind of questions we're talking about here. What's it all about, Alfie? And then fourth density is when we come to realize that we are all one and we begin to treat our fellow human beings as ourselves, do unto others as you would have others do unto you. And fifth density is where we focus more on, on uh, wisdom and we bring those two things together in sixth density. And then seventh density is where we return to the source and probably start it all over again. But that was basic message of Ra. But the law of one is we're all one.
0: I like to use the description of we, we all come from the same ocean.
1: Yeah, we all come from the same ocean. We all return to the same ocean. We're sure. we're little we're bubbles in the ocean, or we're little whirlpools in the ocean. Whatever you want to, yep. whatever metaphor you want to use, uh, that that's true. I go with that. I'm with yeah. you. With
0: and we just you know, God takes a little ladle and scoops us out and puts us in a vase, and so we're while we're in the this human Well, we body.
1: think we're in the vase, yeah, because we think <laughs> separate. Yeah, we're really still part of the ocean. <laughs> But just, we just because we're care. in the base,
0: it doesn't mean we're any less of the ocean. We're still part of mm-hmm. the ocean.
1: Yeah, we build up our own little base with our egos. and all. But yeah, you know, I understand, you're, you're on, I'm, I'm with you.
0: Yeah. So what do you think happens when we cross and we leave this body? Where is heaven?
1: Heaven is just another dimension. It's, you know, there are many, many, apparently many, many, many dimensions. There are different levels of it, apparently. Um, right on the other side is what's called the astral plane, where you know, where the people, <laughs> ghosts and uh, who are haunting houses and things uh, <laughs> are. But uh, they just they stay on this plane because they either don't realize they're dead or they don't want to move on to the light because they're afraid they'll be judged. Uh, so there are, you know, entities that are around us in this basic astral plane. But then there are other levels of heaven where, and I think you go to a place where you feel comfortable eventually. I say you eventually go to a place where you feel comfortable on the other side. And you probably have uh, people who, other souls that you're uh, kind of in partnership with or in a group with you know they may be people that you incarnate here on earth with from time to time you know your husband your children your aunts and uncles and cousins you know your extended family or could be a bunch of them or your soul you know, soul mates uh, over there let me tell you a story that I haven't told many times about uh, this astral plane and people who don't realize sometimes don't realize they're dead I, I had a good friend who lives in France. And he my first wife was French and we used to go there a lot. And he inherited this huge house. We called it a chateau, but it's really a big house. And he made some money in the stock market, so he decided to fix it up and use it as kind of a country weekend retreat. So well, he and his wife would go out there. Uh, the place hadn't been lived in for probably 50 years and so it was in disrepair and he uh, you know spent the money to get workers out there and put a new roof on it and fix things up and he and his wife would go there on the weekends and and uh, sort of oversee that work being done and he, but at night when when they went to bed when they went to sleep just before he would fall asleep he would think he would hear it was in his mind but he would hear someone screaming for help And and this would go on, you know, time after time. And and it really got to him. So he finally, he got up and he went, tried to follow and find where that was coming from. He decided that it was down in the cellar. I guess this place had a wine cellar. And uh, so the next day he got some workers to go down and took them down there. They've been up on the roof, replacing the roof, got them to go down there. And they, they tore out this wall that looked a little newer the other walls <laughs> and behind the wall was a skeleton someone had and he said he told me he told me this story when i was visiting him in this house he said uh he thinks that somebody bought this guy in the head put him behind behind this wall and bricked it up and the guy must have come to back there thinking that he was you know he <laughs> tried to get out was screaming for help but he died. He didn't know he died. Oh, and wow. so, when uh, when they unbricked the wall, took the bricks down and took the skeleton out, they gave it a Christian burial, and the night noises stopped after that. No wow! <laughs> so that's a case, probably, of somebody who uh, uh, died and didn't know they were dead. They thought they were trapped behind the wall, and 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 time is different in the other you know this yeah. is a four dimensional reality which is you know height width depth and time time doesn't exist in other realities yeah the thing is you know universe now now it's the it's the eternal now over there
0: but it's funny cuz um well it's not funny but my my husband crossed over he passed away in june and he's still around are you still I still hear him and he still does things around the house and I know he's crossed. I know he's gone on,
1: but he, he well, still you does. Might, have a, you might want to have a chat with him. Tell him to look for the light.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh no, he's gone to the light, but he still, he still hangs around.
1: Well, He just comes to visit.
0: He just comes to visit. Yeah, you, know, so. well, you know, I know a lot of
1: people, not a lot. I know other people who have the same experience as you, mm. who've, whose husbands have passed and they, communicate but i think that you know it's i think when you think about somebody often who's passed and you know you'll draw them to you yeah
0: yeah we still have conversations and we chit chat he um actually it's kind of funny i have these feathers here this little black feather showed up shortly after he had passed i had this red purse that I used for his funeral because his colors were black and red. That's what he—he's a big Georgia fan, Georgia Bulldogs fan. Which go well, Bulldogs was later
1: about, the, about <laughs> the recent game,
0: I guess. Oh yeah, I'm sure he was—he was, he was uh, hooting and hollering last night. That's for sure. But so I had this red purse that I was carrying, and anyway, after the funeral I was over, with I was putting the purse up, and I looked on the inside of the the purse, and in the inside of the purse was this black feather. And it wasn't there when I pulled it down out of the because I looked to make sure there was anything in there before I put my stuff in there, and it wasn't there beforehand. So there was this black wow. feather, and now I have stories of the traveling black feather. <laughs> it literally shows up in different places around the house right when I need to hear from him the most.
1: Wow, very interesting. So, the, and I
0: keep it. I keep it right here on my desk in this little.
1: And, but it just it, re- it moves around.
0: It moves around, yeah. And just recently, this white feather showed up in my bedroom on my bedroom floor. So, it hasn't traveled anywhere else, but it showed up in my bedroom floor.
1: And uh, that's something. That's something.
0: So, you uh, let's talk a little bit about your publishing company because you have all these books out and then you also do publishing for other people as well.
1: I do. I do. I, um, uh... I think we. My little business, Oakley Press, has more than a hundred books, you know, on Amazon. A uh, bunch of them are mine, but most of them are other people's. And uh, yeah, I also ghostwrite books. I've ghostwritten a bunch of business books for consultants. I've ghostwritten books for people who want to memoirs, I guess, who've been through something that they think is worth uh, recording in a book for posterity or for their family or for even, even to try to sell. I recently finished, I have it hasn't been published yet, but I re- recently finished a draft of a book for a uh, governor of a state who went through something difficult. And uh, I've written books for business executives who maybe had a uh, company that was in trouble and they were able to turn it around those kind of things but also I've edited and and helped people with novels but if somebody has a book that's uh, ready to publish and it doesn't need editing and and all that I will uh, set the type and design a cover and publish it and all usually I charge a small amount for doing that if they want to publish it you know, set up their own account on Amazon. I'll help them do that, you know, charge them a small amount, $500 or something like that. But if they want me to publish it through the Oakley Press, I'll do that as well. And uh, so anyway, it's it, if anybody's interested in that, they should just get in touch with me through my website. It's shmartin.com, S-H-M-A-R-T-I-N.com. And you just do you know, click on the uh, contact page and send me an email. and we can start a conversation about it. So there you go. Also, you can find out, see my books on my website too. See which ones you might want to read about life after death and other things. Yeah.
0: he's got a lot of books on his website too. It's very awesome. And I'll have the link to the uh, to your website on the show notes for those who who are looking to write a book. What what's one topic or suggestion you can give somebody a new writer? Who, who wants to either self-publish or have someone like you help them?
1: It depends on whether they want to write fiction. If they're into novels, probably the most... Uh, uh, I've written five novels, and what I know about that is that uh, probably the top-selling category are, are romance novels. Billionaire romances and things, <laughs> <laughs> but they're also also whodunits are are fairly popular. Uh, it's hard though, you, you know, to get a lot of sales with uh, fiction if you ha- don't have a big name. So many people are doing that. Most of the books I write are nonfiction, and they, you know, some of them do very well because it's a topic that. Somebody is interested in, you know, like what happens when I die, or is like is, uh, is this life, you know, when you die, is it like pulling the plug and, and that's it? A lot of people think that, but it's not true. So, self-help kind of books, typically there, you would need to be a psychologist or a psychiatrist or whatever to have the credentials that would make it people are interested in watching it, reading it. Amazon is. Got this uh, part of their business, which is called KDP. It's uh, Kindle Direct Publishing, and you could Google that and uh, find out all about it. It doesn't cost you anything. All you need to do is write the book, get it into the right kinds of files, in the right format, in the right software, and uh, upload it. And you know you can charge. Start selling books. It's it's really easy. A lot of people do that, which means there's a lot of competition. But uh, you know, I make a fair amount of money each month with my books. So they pay uh, a royalty on them, and it depends on you, how you set the price and so forth. But you need to be competitive when you set your prices. There's a cost for publishing for printing, but you don't pay that. I mean, they don't print the book until somebody orders it. And then they print print a book and send it out. So it's all part of the cost. So it doesn't, you can do, it doesn't cost your thing. You wanna write hard. a book?
0: I actually wrote a book. I wrote okay. one. I've got another idea for another one. So we'll, we'll see.
1: I'm always working on one. You know, I can't, I, I, it's one of these people who can't just sit around and twiddle my thumbs. I gotta be doing something. <laughs>
0: I can tell with as many books as you've written, I love it. Now, what kind, what type of books do you publish? Is there a specific genre that you like to publish more, or does it matter? Not
1: really. Uh, most of, uh, I would say, the majority of them are. Um, I have I've done some biographies. I've done uh, some metaphysical kind of books where you know people like yourself who have a particular point of view and or maybe they uh, are a healer or whatever, and they can want to write a book about that. Uh, just published one for a lady who uh, lives in California, that's probably her, she's written half a dozen or so books, and, but her, her old publisher passed away or something and the company was sold and she came to me and I published her book. Uh, and it's about uh, her, she's a channel, and she channels some spiritual being that lives off in some other galaxy or something like that. So interesting <laughs> stuff because it really coincides with a lot of the things that I uh, believe and that we've been talking about. What what this particular entity tells her. So, and she's you know done pretty well with it. Uh, what else? I've recently published a book where the author had published one from through my press uh, a couple of years ago about George With, who was the a law professor at the University at uh, William and Mary who taught Thomas Jefferson and a bunch of our founding fathers. She wrote a biography of George With. I think it's called uh, Jefferson's Godfather because they were very close and she decided, then her husband died uh, and like you, she felt his presence around and she got in touch with a psychic who uh, was able to communicate with her husband, uh, you know, she she became the go between, bet, uh, between this lady and her husband. Well, that started this author thinking that maybe she could channel, uh, talk with the, uh, historical figures. And so she did, a, she. I recently published a book of channeled uh, information from Thomas Jefferson. It's called The Metaphysical uh, Thomas Jefferson. And it's his commentary on not only his time in his life, but uh, <clears throat> what he thinks about uh, our current situation, which is pretty messed up. That would be
0: an interesting book to read.
1: (laughs) Yeah, the the metaphysical Thomas Jefferson, and it's done very well. It's got, I think it's got a five star reviews. You know, I think it's really up there, and it sold a bunch for a couple of months. It's kind of slowed down a little bit, but it's continuing to sell. So, you know, I publish anything that, uh, you know, as long as it's not going to embarrass me. So. You know it's got to be well written. You know at least you know correct grammar and no typos.
0: (laughs) Definitely. Well, Stephen, is there anything else you would like to let our audience know about you and
1: your? Well, uh, no, not really. I Just come to my website and look at my books. Send me an email. I'm, you know, I'll answer you. Uh, I had a gentleman in France who uh, was an Englishman, but he's living in southern France and uh, read one of my books and we've become quite you know loyal correspondents now after a while and he's he's uh, uh, actually published a book through my my press uh, wow. about his experience in uh, really channeling what he what did he what is the name of that? It's called the The story of us and it's about um, the true nature of reality and again it jives with what i've been talking about so wow there are entities that want us to evolve into that next level and uh, i think it coincides with a lot of ufo sightings and things like that all that sort of stuff is happening around us we're moving into it we're moving into the age of aquarius
0: that we are well, one of the questions I ask all of my guests at the end of my podcast is uh, if you had an opportunity to sit on the park bench and talk with someone for an hour, whether they be alive or dead or passed on, who would that be and what would you talk about?
1: I think I would. I might want to talk to, uh, it's a good question, but I think I might want to talk to Edgar Casey. Edgar Casey was, uh, if people don't know who he was, he was called the sleeping prophet. He was born in 1877, he died in 1945. And for about 20 some years, he would put himself into a trance twice a day, once in the morning, once in the afternoon and answer people's questions. And they had all kinds of questions. And he apparently was able to get in touch with what's called the Akashic records or the infinite minds memory bank. Mm-hmm. And uh, he, he was a strong Christian who, actually started, people would ask him, you know, why they had a particular phobia, or why they had a particular problem, and he often would say it stemmed from a prior life, and when he started telling people that, he became kind of upset, because he didn't know what he was saying when he was in this trance, it was just coming through him, and being a Christian, he thought, you know, hey, that can't be, but then (laughs) he went, he read through the Bible, and he realized that there are all kinds of references to uh, reincarnation they're just not called that mm-hmm. so but edgar casey i mean he was an interesting character and love to be able to sit down and talk with him
0: yes i would too that would be one of the people i would probably want to talk with as well he um i've done a lot of research on edgar, edgar casey and
1: well you need to come to virginia beach to the association for research and enlightenment it's right there on the corner of 68th and Atlantic Avenue, and big building there, and that's mm-hmm. Edgar Casey's foundation that he started. That mm-hmm. all his stuff is in there, all the original uh, uh, readings, I guess they're called. Of course, it's all computerized now, so you can buy, you can, yeah, you can put it on a computer. But the there's a library in there that has the actual documents. Plus, there's a bookstore, and there are other they have. Things going on there all the time. Yeah, I get emails
0: them. from them usually on a daily basis. So,
1: <laughs> I once went down there and interviewed the uh, director of, of that uh, uh, Totesky Kevin Totesky. I guess his name is an interesting guy. He knows everything about it. It's almost like talking to the education.
0: Well, Stephen, thank you so much for joining us today. This was so much fun, and I've had a pleasure talking with you and learning more about the afterlife and what it means to be conscious and unconscious
1: (laughs) well i've enjoyed it too amy thanks for having me i appreciate it
0: thank you for joining us thank you for joining me on another episode of butterfly kisses a journey of spiritual transformation if you like what you've heard please subscribe by hitting the subscribe button this way you won't miss it when a new episode is released Also, if you're interested in learning more about Akashic Record readings, you can schedule a free 15-minute consultation with me by visiting my website at amygraycunningham.com. Again, thank you. And remember, always spread your gorgeous wings, my friend, and fly. Until next time, see ya.